enriching your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your Chicken Soup for the Soul. And today I'm going to share two stories with you from Chicken Soup for the Soul, Angels and the Miraculous. You know, we have a great time making our books about miracles and angels and messages from heaven because the stories are always so mind-blowing. And today's stories are definitely in that category, making us say, how did that happen? In our first story, Marla Thurman tells us that a foot of snow had already come down at her home in the mountains of Tennessee when the power went out, and then it got really cold. She explains that they're not as good at snow in Tennessee as they are in the northern states. There had been no storm prep by the road department or the power company. Marla herself had prepared, though. She had stocked up on food, water, and blankets, and she had even remembered to fill the two bathtubs and the sinks in her house with water for the dogs to drink and for flushing toilets if things became dire. But no matter how well she was prepared, there was the matter of heat. The dogs were shivering, and she slept with them in her bed under all their blankets, but they were still freezing. The second night, Marla was shivering so much that she thought her teeth would break. She didn't know how she and the dogs would make it alive through a third night. And then, on the third morning, she woke up to a noise. Someone was knocking on her door. Since her door was never locked, she shouted, Come in! Sure that it was her neighbor coming across the field to check on her. But it wasn't her neighbor. It was two people she had never seen before, a young couple named Chris and Matthias, who said they had brought some supplies. That young couple set Marla up with a kerosene heater and a five-gallon can of kerosene, a huge thermos of vegetable soup, and an even bigger thermos of hot chocolate. She asked where they had come from, and they waved and said they lived down the road. The fourth morning, Chris and Matthias showed up again with more kerosene for the heater and two new thermoses of soup and hot chocolate. Marla says, About 30 seconds after the pair left, I ran to the door. Hey, what road are you on? But they were already gone. And there weren't any footprints. Not in my yard. Not on my porch. Nothing but perfectly crisp, deep snow. Marla sat in front of the heater all that night, with the dogs finally passed out beside her without any covers, thanking God for kind people and just thinking. Finally, on the fifth morning, a snowplow and a sand truck showed up, and then the power came back on. Marla says, Two weeks later, I walked the neighborhood trying to find Chris and Matthias. I had bought them gift cards to local eateries to thank them for all they had done and to return their heater and kerosene. There were only two long roads in my whole neighborhood, but I knocked at every door over several days. No one knew the couple or had heard of them. And no one could imagine how that young couple could have gotten through to Marla's house without the roads being plowed, and they hadn't gone to anyone else's house. Marla says, Sometimes when I get a chill, I think of Chris and Matthias. Were they angels? 
How did they walk in over a foot of snow without leaving footprints? I can't be sure, but I believe the entire incident was either a dream or a miracle. Of course, it couldn't really have been a dream because Marla had the kerosene heater and the extra kerosene they had left behind. Jean Ann Feldison shares an amazing story in the book. It happened when her family was living in a trailer next to the house that they were building, and the trailer's windows and doors didn't shut very well. They were living there with a dog, a cat, and a parakeet named Henry Bajaragar, which is another word for parakeet. Henry had a cage, but was rarely in it if they were at home. He liked to fly around the place, alighting on the curtains, the lampshades, and the heads of the cat, the dog, and the people alike. Jean Ann's husband paid a lot of attention to Henry, and the bird was fond of him and often perched on his bald spot. Then one Easter morning, as the family was getting ready to go to a family event, the dog jumped against the door, the door flew open, and Henry the parakeet flew out. Jean Ann says, We watched horrified as Henry swooped up to the treetops and then flew from tree to tree. He buzzed a group of starlings who scattered. We stood outside, heads strained upward, trying to follow his flight as he exultantly dipped, soared, and circled. They hung Henry's cage outdoors with some fresh bird seed in it. They called to him, but he didn't come back. After an hour, they gave up and headed off to their Easter dinner with family, full of remorse for having let their bird get away. They didn't know if they would ever see him again or if he would survive out there in nature. At Jean Ann's in-law's house, the mood was somber. But then the phone rang. It was Jean Ann's brother-in-law calling her husband. They were coming for Easter dinner, too but for some reason they were late. Jean Ann's husband got on the phone with his brother, who happened to be his identical twin. She watched as his face lit up and he started laughing. His brother had Henry the parakeet. He told them the whole story when he arrived for dinner. I was standing outside, ready to get in the car to come for dinner, when this bird came out of nowhere, swooped down on me, and landed on my head. At first I was startled and went to shoo it away, but then I recognized that it was Henry. I slowly walked into my house with the bird sitting on my head. Evidently, Henry had become tired of his adventures and spotted a friendly landing pad, a bald spot, and a human who exactly matched his beloved male human at home. Jean Ann's brother-in-law had taken the bird inside his house and closed him up there, then driven over to his brother's house, grabbed the cage, and gone back to his house to put the parakeet inside it. Then he had joined them for Easter dinner. Jean Ann says, For the rest of the afternoon, we couldn't talk about anything but Henry's adventure. We discussed the distance between our two places, more than a mile as the crow flies, and marveled at the likelihood of the bird flying to an address where he had never been before or the chances that he would land on Bob's head. 
And amazingly, he had trusted Bob enough to let him be walked inside. Sure sounds like an Easter miracle. I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening to these stories from Chicken Soup for the Soul, Angels, and the Miraculous. You can go to our website, chickensoup.com, and click on the podcast button to read more about this book, and you will find the book wherever books are sold, including Walmart, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. You can also sign up for our newsletter and receive a free Chicken Soup for the Soul story every day in your email with stories from this book and our other new bestsellers. Just go to our website and click on newsletters and you could pick the ones you want. And please come back for our next episode about a very important topic, something we all need to pay attention to as we head into the holidays. Our episode will be titled, Holidays with a Side of Forgiveness. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.